and welcome back to the most electrifying episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am one half of your host, Jamie. And I'm your other half, Mark, making terrible faces because we just got done watching something and it just made me giggle because she used the word electrifying. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining us, friends. Uh, We don't normally say this, but I think this is episode 64. Wow. And if it is, let me look at the top of the screen here. Congratulations it to is 64, 64. Nintendo 64 episodes, so it is officially, we have more bits than a Nintendo in the 1990s. <laughs> Congrats Welcome to the podcast. We are talking AEW and WWE, much like we always do with this coffee and wrestling podcast. Uh, we're going to start out with uh, probably the most buzzworthy news since I don't even know when. The Rock has made his return to his home show, not hometown, but in Colorado, and SmackDown came out to confront Austin Theory, who was yes. talking a lot of trash to... The Rock uh, has come back. Oh, so good. To Denver. But Austin Theory was out there. He was uh, talking trash to... I can't remember his name all of a sudden. I was really hoping that pause was going to be... Pat McAfee? Pat McAfee. Thank you. We're podcasters. Which alone is is a great thing to have back. I thought, honestly, after the last interview that came out about Pat McAfee, that we weren't going to be seeing anything of him. So right. for him to well, show up. Well, he's been very busy with ESPN. Fantastic. I, I grew to absolutely love his his announcing on SmackDown. It's so I was sad to see him go, but, yeah. you know, again, definitely nice to see him go on a green, bigger, greener pastures. I'm of sure his paycheck has gotten a lot bigger since then. Yeah, right. But, yeah, we didn't think we were going to see him back. He was back. Uh, more than likely because he ended up having The Rock on his podcast uh, earlier this this previous week. And I think that's where like the biggest news is really going to come out of. Um, the Rock on, on his podcast claimed that WrestleMania 39, that they had him versus Roman. It was locked in. Right. Like, it was done. Like, it was everything but there were a lot of rumors about on the it. contract. Of yeah. course, yeah. Um, but apparently... They the way that Rock has put it, the reason why they didn't go through with it was they looked at the landscape of WWE programming. They looked at the storylines and they looked at what they could what he said was give the fans in respect to storyline and and as a product and realized that utilizing the Rock versus Roman, although it was everything but a signed piece of paperwork, uh, that it wasn't going to do as good in as a product to deliver to the to the the viewer so they decided they're going to go an alternate route and revisit possibly later on in the future not ruling out not saying wrestlemania 40 however then friday following that podcast coming out the rock makes his triumphant return to smackdown in colorado right and, and just decimates the former United States champion Austin Theory in front of probably what twenty thousand people. Uh, yeah, something like that. So I, it just it, interesting. You can't say that the you know oh uh, the the timing wasn't perfect there. No, and, but if you've ever watched NCIS for more than five minutes, you know Gibbs even says it's there's no such thing as a coincidence. <laughs> you know what reference. I mean? Yes. Uh, Rock just happened to be in the same place with Pat McAfee. With Pat McAfee in the same place yep. that WWE was doing SmackDown on a Friday, and he just. Showed up. How coincidental. I mean, if I mean, honest to God, though, if The Rock showed up at your place of business, like, wouldn't you just like, all right, come on in. Yeah, it's the fucking Rock. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can give me the people's elbow. That's fine. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but what do you think? Do you think that that's where they're heading towards? I mean, we've got. It would be smart. I mean, not to be that guy. People are getting obviously uh, sidetracked. 
bloodline wise with Roman in general. He hasn't right. been there. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't had a good rivalry in obviously hasn't a while. Hasn't been on TV for a couple of weeks yeah. if I can remember, right? So to have something like that where it's literal, like you want to talk about bloodline, like this is this is the epitome of of bloodline here. Where I mean, it's all in the family. Like it's, it's, it's literally family. the same bloodline. And you're bringing in, again, the most electrifying... I mean, even- uh, wrestler and all of sports entertainment. I mean, yeah, we we were talking about that before we watched because we just watched the we watched the whole segment between The Rock and Austin Theory just to make sure we were we were uh, completely up to speed with it. And uh, yeah, he just he he's an entirely different. The Rock is like an entirely different individual in in the wrestling landscape. Like he's honestly probably one of the most prolific wrestlers since. Ric Flair since, I mean, right along with Stone Cold and Mick Foley, you know what I mean? Triple H. Individuals that have an influence even outside of professional wrestling. Right. You know, even Stone Cold doesn't have that. You know, Stone Cold's kind of to himself. He's on the the, uh, Broken Skull Ranch. He's got his beer. He's got his occasional TV show. But you don't see him. But The Rock was in Moana. You know, like, let's yeah, be that guy. The but Rock's he's, a lot more in the public eye. He's a lot he's more of a public appealed to figure. so much. He's had the, his own TV show. He's had, obviously, the wrestling. He's had, again, uh, the kids' movies. He had that one movie where he was, like, the Tooth Fairy or something, right? I can't, yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's it's, it's a much bigger... It's the next step that Roman Reigns would need to accomplish to become the next level of what he is. And that he's he's, sure. he's teased that, you know, going to Hollywood, going outside the walls of, of professional wrestling. And he could do that, absolutely. Or he's got this the chops for it. He's got the look him. for it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. He's got the following. I and mean, not to be that guy, but you, you get women fawning all over a hot dude and he wherever he goes especially in movies where sure. you can have him shirtless with his you know oh his God. pants down low like i'm buying a ticket i'm buying a goddamn ticket yeah, like, are you yeah. kidding me uh, you know so that's like the next level we have for roman so i can understand the rock coming in and having a match at wrestlemania 40 but now that brings up the question you have still in the lurches of raw and smackdown uh smackdown is like hey we're we're down a guy. You had sure. you had Jay go to Raw. Where's right. our guy? They, still haven't, done that, that they that. haven't moved anybody over. Rumor is it's going to be Cody. Move Cody to SmackDown. Now that kind of puts a, a, a wrench in the workings of Cody finishing the story. Now, granted, right. I don't think it really matters who it comes from if he gets that belt to quote unquote finish the story. But it's kind of made it more of he, or he's made it more of like I have to beat Roman, like I have to be the one to dethrone it. And, sure. And, or have we kind of gotten away from that a little bit? Like if they, I think they don't really talk that. about it much, but I feel like it's just like that underlying like you should know this about Cody Rhodes, right. especially if he was to move over to SmackDown. I think that's the first thing everybody thinks is, oh, okay, he's gonna right. finish the story as he's always implied. Um, and I don't know what you do there. Like, and I mean, do you we, do like a Chad Gable situation with Gunther where you like you know this moment's gonna happen, but you put in somebody temporarily that you know is gonna lose? Like, you really gonna have Cody Rhodes lose again to Roman Reigns before right. he faces The Rock? Like, that's not a good move. It would be better for Roman to face The Rock, uh, win against The Rock, and then Cody win it from Roman. But then what do you do? Wait for a whole nother calendar year and have him win it at WrestleMania? Are you or the next are you gonna, pay-per-view are you, after Are you going to dethrone him at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I hear you. I, I feel like it's it's got to happen at Mania. Like it's got it's got the biggest stage, the most prolific champion, sure. even beyond he's gone above and beyond the Rock's reign ever as a world champion. Right, it, like every he's over a thousand days. Uh huh. You're really gonna tell me you're not gonna have him go um, to Mania and drop the belt? And if that's the can if, we just call it now that Cody Rhodes wins the next Royal Rumble and then cashes in afterwards? 
At what? WrestleMania? Yeah. <laughs> like after the match? I don't think. Yeah. No, it's not like it's a money in the bank. Like, hey, I won the Royal Rumble. He just had a match. I want to cash it in right well, no, now. No, yeah. He's got the money in the bank. He's going to come in there and he's going to. Oh, so you said Royal Rumble. Oh, my bad. My apologies. Okay, yeah. yeah no, he's going to come in, in with, the the, with, the, with the briefcase. He's going to and... have to get it for. I mean, Senor Money in the Bank's going to have to cash it in first. He has to. You have to cash it in before the next Money in the Bank. Right. Which I don't know. But even then, that's a long time. Hey, WWE is not afraid to be like, hey, this is three years in the making. What a cheap ass way to finish the story. Like you're going to fucking at his worst moment walk in and be like, hey, my belt now. No, that's his best moment. Roman beat The Rock. Yeah. But then, then you have Cody but cash then he's in. Like super, yeah, then everybody but, wins. But then everybody's like, yeah, but Cody couldn't do it because he had to wait for him to fight the toughest <laughs> opponent he's ever fought in his entire life. And then waltz in like some Dom Mysterio motherfucker. <laughs> And cash in, and they're like, "Oh, yep. Guess what? I'm the champion. Respect me." Do you finish the story. AEW fans, like those AEW diehard idiot fans that think that WWE is a plague and it shouldn't be a yeah. part of the world anymore. Like those people they would have a themselves. field day. They would tear Cody Rhodes apart. Like Brandy Rhodes would delete Cody Rhodes's Twitter because it would be so fucking bad. <laughs> I, I, How do you see this going down? I don't know. That's what I mean. Like I'm very confused. Like I thought we were. I thought they abandoned The Rock and Roman last year mm-hmm. for whatever reason because they couldn't make it happen. And I thought that they were going to do a slow build to Cody being able to finish the story. Like okay. it's been we all thought the last time they wrestled and he lost that it was a terrible idea that he lost. Like a lot of us a lot of people thought that right. was like you could have you know soared him to more heights and i feel like that maybe we all jumped the gun a little bit on that one. i absolutely agree with you there and i feel like what they've done with him now has gotten uh, what they needed to do with him and they have poised him to a position to where you know he's not super concerned about finishing the story right now which i feel like is exactly where cody Rhodes needed to be in order to get the the respect of this story because Mm -hmm. it's always been a focus of you know, i got to finish the story, got to finish the story. And everybody had all these expectations. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Now <laughs> he's kind of dialed that that story book back a little bit. And at any point in time, though, he could pull that 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 little tidbit out and be and start that fire again to where it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. What if, it's, you know, it, we're coming up on Mania. We're coming up on, on Cody Rhodes' next chance. He's moved over to SmackDown. He's on the same brand. Roman Reigns is back on TV. You know, he's kind of poking at the bear again. You know, it would be a great way to... Build it up and and give him the belt, like. But then, the, like I said, with the Rock, I can't see them. I can't see them teasing the Rock or having the Rock come back in and not have him facing Roman. I know that'd be so silly. It'd be such a missed opportunity. It, it really would be because now think about it. Here we have been talking about it for how long that the Rock could be facing Roman for something like that to be announced. That's one hundred percent one of those moments where people that don't even care about the program are going to be like, "What? Oh yeah." Rock versus Roman. Oh yeah, people, people that don't even watch WWE. People who haven't, watch haven't watched WWE in years will be like, "Wait, The Rock is coming back?" Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'll definitely tune in Mania on that. That's one. an easy one that they're going to make a lot of money off. That I don't know. What what pay per view did they say that they were going to? Oh, I'm sorry, premium live event. <laughs> did they say that they were going to do in London next year? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Build up something. I know there were really, rumors really they were trying like to bring. That. They were trying to bring Mania to. Uh, to London. Okay. Because remember, but, John Cena came out and announced it right after they were starting to get a lot of steam behind Wembley with AW. Right. All yeah. In. Well, I mean, WWE has been taking pot shots as much as they can. Now, at their, <laughs> at their credit, the, the turnstile numbers have come through that the full attendance of of paid participants <laughs> I've also read that. were like just under 81,000 or just under 80,000, something like that. Um, 
but the paid tickets sold was eighty one thirty five. Okay. I mean, I think we're splitting hairs here. I, yeah, I, think, I heard something about like you know how when they do like the clicks, like when you come into the the arena mm-hmm. and they like put the numbers with like how many people actually came in and it was like significantly less or something like who's who's counting ticks at the door i I think if anybody doesn't (laughs) believe that both aew and wwe are not fully forthright about the numbers that come into their doors i mean come on you're really you're trying to never seen tony khan and vince mcmahon before i mean have you never like and of course you see all the pictures of aew where they've got all the seats you know, they filled up the TV side so it looks full sure. to the brims and the other sure. side's like empty. You think WWE's never had shows like that? You oh, think when, of course. You know, when they were making their rounds in the first couple of years of being on TV and being like a, a product that was really trying to make its name, like they didn't have half-empty arenas? You think they've been like selling 20,000, you know, stadium seating fucking Monday since Night Raw since day one? There's no way. No. There's no way. Like, no. it's 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 ridiculous to... like. It, okay, it's ridiculous ridiculous to think that AEW is just hitting every every nail on the head and every mark and have, having like full arenas and having people just puking money for the company. Of course. But it's the same idea of thinking that that WWE's product isn't as glorified and pretty as they make oh, it out course, to be. Oh, of course. Of course. You know what I mean? Like if you it's all want, about inflating numbers and making it sound good, you know? Uh, yeah. Hey, Michael Cole, say this. It's it's the peacock <laughs> effect. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're trying to strut your stuff. You're trying to, I'm trying to get, get a mate. It. I'm trying to get like, make money. I'm trying right. to be like, hey, look at me over yeah, here. Right? Like I'm, I'm big and sexy and I you want to be with me. I got 82,000. Know? You know what I mean? But they had like the other day, I can't remember what we were watching. I think it was Raw. They had Xavier Woods say. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. They're taking uh, yeah. pot shots. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was that? He said uh, he, uh, that Drew McIntyre, because they had Drew McIntyre and Xavier Woods had a match this week because Drew McIntyre and uh, Kofi Kofi Kingston the week prior had some issues. Right. Uh, Xavier kind of confronted about him because they've had a, a, a good history between the two of them. Um, and he said, oh, I get it. You know, you're talking to Drew said you're just jealous of Kofi because he won his WrestleMania match in front of. 82,000 screaming fans. Yeah, right. And it was just like, damn, like, we're really at, like, <laughs> childhood, like, I don't know. It's so it's so silly because, it, you know, it's not like, it's just so dumb. It's so dumb. Both companies do it. I'm not saying one's better than the other and one doesn't do it. For sure. Both companies do it. If, if AEW wasn't concerned about WWE taking pot shots like that, then they wouldn't have sat there and pressed 8135 Oh yeah, you down, know to the, I mean. down to the ones. There, there's no, you know, they just, would have said eighty plus and just yeah, been done they would have put eighty thousand plus fans. Yeah, they you had to make I mean? sure they were over the number that of WWE course. had hit. Of course, previously because that's all this, all this is about is just who can be. It's like a match. Who can be the best in a ring? Who can be the? Who can hit the best promo? Who can say the most mean thing without saying something that, that's going to upset the censors? Who's going to uh-huh. say the catch the catchiest thing in the ring? Who's <laughs> Dalton hit, Castle? You know, yeah, right. All the answer to all those questions was Dalton Castle. You know, but it, it's 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 again it's the. Dalton Castle. It's the peacock effect. You want to be see? perfect. You want to be the most flashy, the most, the biggest, the the most boisterous, the biggest feathers. Yeah, the most just, boisterous. It's yes. just funny to see people like complaining about this shit because, of course, all of it's fake. All well, these yeah. numbers are fucking fake. What of do you, course, what do you think they're they're gonna they're gonna? Well, it was only seventy nine thousand. But like, does no, it really it matter? One thousand thirty five. Well, like, like, does it really matter though? Yeah. Like, oh, I 100%. bet Tony Khan slept it great matters. that night. It, it matters <laughs> if I have two extra people than I than that other company had. Damn it. Says who? It's so dumb. The internet? The internet. <laughs> so, rumor mill started going this week. Uh, That's always fun. Immediately following Wednesday Night Dynamite, that Jade Cargill of 
DBS Championship fame, one of the longest streaks in AEW, uh, 63, I believe. it was I believe. the longest streak. I believe it is. Um, but with 63 wins, not singles, but just wins in general. Uh, the longest reigning TBS champion, first ever TBS champion, a star that nobody I really think would think to get would be able to get to this level this quick. Sure. Um, that she might be going to WWE. Yeah. That, or that, that she is, is that it is when it was Thursday morning, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I was on the news websites because I was supposed to be working and I don't, you know, it's five in the morning on a fucking Monday or Thursday. Um, it, it was pretty much Dave Meltzer had said that everything other than the, you know, the, the branding or whatever you want to call it. Like she has gone to WWE. She has wrestled her last match because they ended up recording rampage that night. Right. Uh, she ended up losing to Chris Statlander in a rematch for the TBS championship. Um, they had a big hug. Afterwards they had a very, that they very emotionally driven hug at the, uh, at the end of the match. Um, and that he basically said that she's WWE bound. Like she's, you could see her imminently at, on WWE. Um, I find this very interesting because Jade Cargill has been, you know, even even up to the day that she that this news has broken, she was very active in talking to AEW stars and AEW fans, mm-hmm. uh, about promoting her things, retweeting back. a lot. Yeah. Now she had just come off a hiatus uh, with she she owns a softball team, and congratulations to them. They just won whatever championship they were going for in their first year. Uh, but there was, you know, she was off TV it's for like a while. Texas Smoke. Texas Smoke, which is a great name. Right. Um, they, she lost the championship and then was able to focus on that for the past couple of months. Right. And came back unannounced on Wednesday. Uh, to ha- That was huge. To attack Chris Statlander, challenged her for the belt, and then ended up losing on Friday. And then all this news comes out. Super interesting. I mean, once you see the ending of it, it kind of feels like, oh, okay, I've seen this before. This is like a wrestler's way of kind of like saying their goodbyes. Well, Eddie Kingston talks about it with uh, Claudio doing business before he left. uh, I believe it was Shakara Pro to go to WWE. He never did business with Eddie Kingston, never put him over. He never gave him the win, never took the loss as you're walking out of the company. Exactly. It's, a, it's kind of a respectful thing you right. do as a wrestler. When you have a storyline, you put over the other, other individual because you're not going to be a part of that promotion. Anymore. Right. Um, so that's what you do is you show up and, and that's exactly what she did is she, you know, lost to Chris Statlander, gave Again, her yeah. a, a solidifying win over her. And now she can go on to a different a company and Chris Statlander is the better woman of the two. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a, se- a sending off moment. Right. Um, I mean, it's totally possible. I, we don't. Nobody knows anything about when her contract actually ends. That's all rumored. The only I've thing heard I some think things they about know November. Is, I think, but, I, yeah, I've heard November, but I think the only thing that's known is that she was signed to a two-year deal. Okay. But I don't believe anybody knows the specifics of when that starts and when right, that ends. Right. But yeah, November I've heard is is the en- is the end of her contract. But even then. If that was the case, I mean, she couldn't really actually be talking to WWE about negotiations. That's kind of what I was going to bring up. Is that is that a possibility? I mean, is that you can't do that? You know, you know, it's but. And again, we've you got to take a lot of this stuff with with a grain of salt because it, it's Dave Meltzer. Like, it's not like it's a tried and true. And he's and he says his sources. It doesn't reference oh so and so in the company or sure. this person in the company or even you know, what level of, of person that he gets the news from, right. you know what I mean? So it could be all bullshit. It could be completely gobbledygook. Like, you know, you never know. 
Uh, but it's just a very interesting thing because, I mean, I, I think she could do really well. In oh, yeah, for sure. And and definitely the, the thing I keep seeing over and over on Twitter talking about, or X, sorry, uh, talking about Jade Cargill going to WWE is that she would be a great rival for Bianca Belair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely the other side of the coin of Bianca Belair and would be able to keep Bianca on right. that face run that They're she too, does so well with. Exactly. They are two strong athletes like they started off being athletes not wrestlers so it'd be a cool power dynamic and then uh, jade i believe she was in softball or am i Uh, bodybuilding bodybuilding yeah she was too so uh, yeah cool dynamic to have something like that between the two of them i think that'd be great jade's gotten so great i mean she had all that time that she was so thankful to be able to have if she walks away now with brian danielson to help train her which elevated her wrestling game right you know a hundredfold Really changed her dynamic. Her confidence from last year mm-hmm. is is unmeasured compared to how she is now because she knows that she's going to confidently hit that move before she really wasn't as sure about herself. Right. Well, she was even interesting. You say that because she was even quoted uh, on a podcast the other day about, or maybe, maybe it was a few years ago. I can't remember. I read so much stuff that I don't remember. But she was quoted on a podcast, and basically she said, you know, before I got into wrestling. You know, I already knew who I was. I was already successful. I was already, I didn't need, the spotlight didn't scare me. So standing in front of 10,000 people and saying something on a microphone didn't bother me. So coming into the wrestling business, other than learning the craft, learning how to wrestle and how to perform and how to put on a good story, like I didn't care about anything else. I cared about our fans because she even admitted that that's how you, as a wrestler, you become more successful is by the fans liking sure. you. So she even said, you know, I give everything I can for the fans, but in all reality, the only people I care about their opinion are the people that are training me and the people that are paying me. Right. Because I don't need to worry about whether people in the locker room like me. Mm-hmm. I need to worry about delivering outside of in, in where the where the customer wants. You know right. what I mean? So right. she was able to look at the look at wrestling as okay. I'm not good at this yet. I'm very green. Let me focus this as like it's a business thing and let me get really, really good at this aspect so I can be as best as I can. And if I irritate anybody, it's because I'm doing it better than they are. Oh, sure. And and it, she's been elevated. Like, oh, my she God. She is and there. Absolutely. And again, that, that attitude would be amazing in the WWE. Sure. I just find it surprising that given the platform she was, and it might be a monetary thing, but it, even that, rumors have come out that it had nothing to do with money. Right. Uh, she just might be looking be for something, something more creative. And again, yeah. it, might, it might all be Different bullshit. Outlets. It could all be complete bullshit. Uh, you know, the internet community really is 50-50. Oh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> all these quote-unquote sources you hear are always, you know, here or there. Or it, might, it might be this guy. It might be the janitor. It might be a top-level executive. Exactly. It might be some guy on the a internet, fan. you know, <laughs> that's claiming he's somebody else. You never know. So it's really hard to really take anything in but it's just one of those rumors that are going around because i know wwe's also have been rumored to have an interest in ricky starks i mean i can't blame them for having an interest in either they are two of the the best developed wrestlers in the last year again ricky starks on the mic is incredible heel ricky starks it, it took him a couple months but he's developed really well into it right you know he works well with Everybody he's ever worked with, against or in a group with, I can totally see why WWE would want either of them. And if Jade Cargill, young, and either one of them, honestly, you go if either one of them went to WWE, that would be the first like homegrown AEW star that heads over to the other side, right? You know, I mean, you had Cody Rhodes, you can call him an a, a homegrown, whatever you want. He, you know, 
he had his toes in WWE before he even started in the wrestling world. Right. So I feel like he he was going to go back there no matter what. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the long run. His family legacy is there, for fuck's sakes. You know, but it, it would just be interesting to see either one of those people go over to WWE. And I, I, I really think, like, WWE could utilize Jade Cargill in their women's division. And saying that, I can't understand how, if she decided to go to WWE, how Co- Tony Khan didn't, if he could, if he didn't do everything to keep her, he's a fool. Absolutely. Cause she has so much left that she can do in AEW. Like she honestly has just scratched the surface of what she can do. Oh yeah. She had this legendary reign. Yeah. yeah. And now you've got two losses and this is what I've said from the beginning ever since she's been gone. How do you come back from that? You're going to walk away from it. Like that seems silly. You had right. one reign as a champion and that's it. You know, like, I feel like there's so much more that they could do with her. They, yeah, they had factions. Yeah, they had Mark Sterling. But they could do so many different things with her character. Right. And she can develop so much more as a wrestler to to hone in on what her particular wrestling uh, wrestling style is. Because, again, training with Brian Danielson, you might become more of a technical wrestler. Right. And she may realize that's better for her style. There's so much that she could do with AEW. You know, I, I a part of me hopes that she stays with it, so mm-hmm. we can see her develop more and more. But of course, you know, seeing want her nothing on a stage, but the best for her. But seeing her on a stage that W the size of WWE would be phenomenal. It would, but it scares me. You know, I, I get worried. I'm like, I hope you don't fall into the void of just getting lost. We're getting dumped back to the NXT and getting and winning the belt. Yeah, like look at Mustafa Ali. You're going to tell me he deserves what he's got going on for him? Like, yeah. that's the best they could do with him is stick him in NXT in this rivalry I mean, with a they, guy they, who's in WWE, They too. did that with their top women's champion. I don't like it. I'm not enjoying that at all. I mean, well, But they, I don't want that let's, let's, to happen to somebody like let's, Jade. You let's know? touch on that real quick. I mean, sure. I, I, I can't, and this will be real quick because I, I don't follow anything with NXT, so I'm not an authority on, on it, and I probably shouldn't even be speaking about it, but I cannot for the life of me, understand why they took WWE's one of their most successful women's champion and dropped her to NXT to win over Tiffany Stratton for the NXT women's belt. who I thought was doing a great job, who looked like she was going to be going up to the main roster sooner than later, and then have her lose to Becky. Now, what's Becky going to do? Go to NXT and defend that belt? But who's going to take that title from her? I don't know. What NXT star is going to beat a WWE main roster, like top of the pile women's? I absolutely don't know. But if you look at it, the the NXT women's championship and the NXT women's tag team championships are gone out of NXT right now. Yep. So what are you doing for the women? Like that just, that seems odd to me. I mean, it's. I can see the idea of having, uh, to me, missed opportunity because we didn't watch the match. You, Ted, texted me in the morning again. You get up really early. You texted me and you said, I can't believe Becky Lynch won this. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and thought about it for a minute and I was like, what a missed opportunity. Like, you could have had Becky, Becky Lynch come in, mm-hmm. lose to Tiffany Stratton. Yep. Never talk about it on Raw or SmackDown or, you know, main roster promotion at all. Yep. Michael Cole never references it. But in NXT, you make a big deal about it. Oh, yeah. Tiffany Stratton has a win over one of the best women wrestlers in WWE right now. Right. uh, Missed opportunity in my eyes. So as of now, it is Sunday. We just finished up AEW Collision last night. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I know. Uh, The the Twitter community, again, was really weird and wasn't looking forward to any of the matches on Collision, although it ended up being beginning to end 
extremely entertaining, and I loved it. Yeah, I saw it, the but... tail end of it. I wasn't on social media much that day, but I, when we got ready for Collision, I started looking, and yeah, a lot of people were just not about some of these matchups. Don't understand why they ended up all being. Well, really I good. think I think it's a lot of it, a lot of it is just people are unsure if if these matchups are going to be good. But at the same time, isn't this what everybody's complaining about? We always have the same matches. We always have right. no storyline. Take a chance. Yeah, look at the card and be like, okay, Andrade El Idolo always performs. Scorpio Sky. Always performs. How what is that going to be a bad match? Perf- not performance. What an underwhelming performance from the audience when Scorpio Sky came out. I, I felt I am, like, did they not know who he was? I also, I don't think, think they recognized the Workhorseman either. I, I, well, yeah, they definitely didn't. They were chanting, who are you? Uh, but Scorpio, I think he's just been off TV for well over a year. I think he's just lost a lot of steam that he had prior. He'll build it back up. Yeah, he's an amazing performer. He really is. He's got the microphone skills. He obviously the performance skills. You right. know, he's been able to work with people like Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. Like he'll be able to work himself back up. Ethan Page, he worked really well with. I, I've loved the tag team. Where's Ethan had. Page? I want um, him back. Hopefully, doing his thing. Obviously, still doing his YouTube thing. Buying toys. Toys. The thing I really wanted to touch on was what happened to production. I. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was bad. It was sketchy. They, they and of course AEW has has been become known for having one or two snafus throughout their their episode let's, throughout the week. Like, let's be like real. We're between, it's usually sound between six be hours of dynamite rampage and collision, which is actually only five hours. I'm, I can't even do basic math. You eventually have like a snafu, maybe two, maybe the audio is a little off. It doesn't get fed into the audience, but it gets fed into the TV. Right. You know, or vice versa. This whole episode was nonstop. Like they had the production crew, you know, setting the time for the the sound before the the promo even started. Uh, They had sound was not in the right spots. They had microphone problems. It was just, they had video problems. They had theme music going on when they ha- were promoting yeah. Grand Slam. It was a uh, shit they show. They were promoting Wrestle Dream, and then they had somebody's music playing in the background. That whole interview with uh, Keith Lee and Lexi Nair, at the beginning of it, they said, take 22. Take 22? Yeah, it was a good that solid, like... That was like a 15, 20-second promo they did for... Tw- 22 takes and there was a good solid three seconds of just <laughs> not supposed to be on air how footage. did they miss that and it was just like damn like this is supposed to be live and you just i mean this made is supposed that to be, not like just that, but this is supposed to be a professional like well you gotta think of it if that was take 22 that means it was recorded earlier in the day right that means probably somebody, last week that means somebody took that clip and never cropped out the first couple of seconds right. after they hit record how do you not do that i know as somebody I, who's edited things before I do it on this How podcast do you every not time. There's a chunk of audio. Go back and listen to it. There's a chunk of audio that nobody will hear. Well, you might hear it at the end. But there's a chunk of audio in the intro that has, before while the music is playing, of you and I just going back and forth, checking levels, bop, making bop, sure, bop, 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 you know, bop, making bop, sure bop. we're ready to go. <laughs> How, like, that is my job as, as the producer of this podcast sure. to go through and cut up all of those chunks and get right. rid of them. How is a multi-million dollar, two, what was it, $2 billion value right. company? How do you not how do you miss have that? that big? Hire me. 
fuck around and hire me for 200,000. I'll do whatever you need to for your videos. I will sit in my house and set up remote ca- computers. You won't even have to worry about it. Like for real. Like <laughs> it was a what it was a, piss a very poor performance. Yeah, and it again wasn't the only error. It just kept happening and happening and this is what the 10th 11th episode of Collision. Oh, terrible. How many times have they had uh microphone problems? This oh, microphone's not time. on. This one stops working. This all one the time. you know, they they I always get worried when Mox is about to say something because it happens to him constantly oh, yeah. where his mic's off. Oh yeah, and I mean it happens in Silly WWE. Errors. It happened when Hogan, uh, I think earlier this year, I think it was I think it was Mania or the, or the Rumble. He came out That's was right. trying to like say something. The microphone kept cutting out. Of course, right. it happens. Technical issues happen, but th- too this many was, in one This night. was far too many, far too many. And, and for AEW to be already getting enough criticism as is, being a smaller, newer company that is trying to make their name in the wrestling like world. Yeah, this didn't help. This didn't help at all. <laughs> Well, we talked a little bit about Chris Statlander earlier, but one thing that AEW absolutely did a great job with this week was having not only Chris Statlander facing Jade Cargill, again, legendary reign with the TBS championship, but she also faced Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, as the main event of AEW Collision. The first ever women's main event. I, I really have to say AEW is doing a fantastic job They're of doing trying better. to have them main event Trying they, to put a, a, an important moniker on the women's division and the championships with it. They're doing a better job, but I still think they have a lot to go because they have not had a lot of women's time on TV. Right. Uh, the four-way match that happened for the number one contender with Tony Storm winning was only over. It was over three minutes. Yeah. It's not been the greatest. They've been Agreed. trying uh, for. Yeah. The, the attempt is there. The attempt. You got to give there. them the attempt. They uh, are but trying. I think they need to try a little bit harder personally. Um, but this match was definitely in their favor in that degree. Um, it, it felt important going into it because you have probably the most successful women's champion, former women's champion in AEW right now, Britt Baker, taking on one of I don't know. I think personally one of your best up and coming stars with a belt absolutely in wrestling right now but also they were in pennsylvania yeah they Brit's were hometown they were well not hometown but home state well yeah they were in her home state but she graduated from what was it penn state and that's where penn they state, were yes she uh and she came out in full penn state garb which i have to give her props my uncle went to penn state uncle jeep oh okay i didn't know that i so i have a, a small affinity towards penn state so i can i can always whenever i see that blue and white i think i think the color combination looks Ooh, phenomenal clean, very so clean. good um, but she came out in a head-to-toe, like, Penn State garb with the We Are we on the are, back, yeah, like, pandering to the home crowd. Absolutely loved it. Uh, it wasn't enough, though, because, goddammit, you are not dethroning my girl, TBS oh, champion, Chris Statlander. I mean, she Chris gave her everything. She gave her the lockjaw. She gave her the yep. curb stop. Like, really, it was, Brit great, it was a great match. Gave her everything. And in very Orange Cassidy style, Chris Statlander was, like, was nah. able to she says, no. blow she it off. No. Get out of the lockjaw and pin her for the one, two, three. And now, the match was incredible. We try to be very truthful on this podcast. And I, I will tell you that on our couch on Saturday night, there was a line. Oh, yeah. We were we were very heavily. There divided. was a line. And, and it, it was. I was in DMD country. OK. It, and yeah. And she was in the wrong country because this is a Chris Statlander household. And I love Chris. Chris is my girl, too. Don't get me DMD wrong. DMD may be, you know, a, a dentist and two time women's champion, but. She's not more than a woman, so Fair I, I'm enough. sorry. The the right woman won. 
Chris I'm Statlander, not mad still at your it. TBS champion. Chris is fantastic. She's I'm still be your coffee and wrestling prediction champion. <laughs> because there hasn't been a pay per view, and there also has, we I just won't done it. I won't be here for the next one, so that kind of sucks. Too. Are we going I'll into that real best. quick? Okay, so I'll do real quick best, on a guys. side note before we we continue on to Grand Slam, and then we're also going to be talking about the PWI 500 that just came out the other day. So yes. that's going to be fun. Um, next week will be Jamie's final show. Ever. <laughs> until she gets back from uh, a trip where she won't be around. So we are gearing up to you have just solo dolo Marco Rooney for Enjoy a podcast. It. It'll be the I most exciting episode. I might try to heard. bring Jade Koth on here. Winley, if you're around, I might give you a Skype call. I don't know. I'm, bo- I'm going to be a very bored boy for 10 days. So <laughs> we'll be lucky if I put pants on. Uh, but coming up. In Dynamite and Rampage this week, it's kind of a part one, part two. We've got AEW's always exciting Grand Slam. Yeah, it is like a pay-per-view Are they week. doing this in a baseball field again? Because last time I remember them doing this in a baseball field. Well, thus the or Grand Slam wrong? would make sense. I don't remember a, a baseball. Uh, I know that, oh, I know Royal Rumble is going to be in a baseball field. It's going to be in Tropicana, Tropicana Stadium. Field. Tropicana Field, y'all. I've seen so many uh, Tampa Bay Rays games there, so the idea that Royal Rumble is going to be there, I don't know. We might have to go. I don't know. January I looked at the tickets. I, I looked at the average tickets. The internet told me the average tickets were <laughs> anywhere from $100 to $800. Okay. I said, okay, I'd pay I can understand that. I looked on the tech... Oh my god. The tickets hadn't dropped yet, but the website that I was looking at through... Uh, the direct link through WWE, they were listing the only tickets, the cheapest ones they had were over almost $400. No. Right? $400? You do realize where you're having this pay-per-view, right? No offense. Tampa? No offense. Well, am Tampa fan. Gainesville got, uh, to- or is the second most expensive city to live in in Florida. Yeah, I can totally understand that. And we're only that, an hour and a half away from them. I mean, come on. We're an hour and a half away from Tampa, give or take. So, totally... Uh, Mm, bad bad idea. Right. Make them cheap. Make it fill up. <laughs> so Grand Slam, AEW's Grand Slam. Let me pull up the again. Uh, it's like a pay per view week. I, I'm like bursting at the seams, like on the edge of my seat. Like cannot believe this dynamite is the, the is card a, is just unreal. Okay. Well, uh, before we get into Grand Slam, okay. You said something about pay per views. How this is a pay per view quality. Yes. Let's touch on this subject real quick. There are rumors that AEW, and this the rumors kind of came out last year, okay. that AEW and TBS will be moving their pay-per-views from like from Bleacher Report to a streaming service such as uh, Discovery Plus or even Max, which used to be Cinemax. It's now just Max. Right, okay. Um, and then also extending their pay-per-view schedule from, what, four, five, now that we have WrestleDream, to more of a... 12, much like WWE. Okay. So now we're kind of looking at almost mimicking the WWE Network slash uh, Peacock mm-hmm. situation. On the flip side of that, with Endeavor purchasing T- or purchasing uh, UFC and WWE in a deal, making a TKO Holdings, they're looking at at redoing the system of Peacock saying that their pay-per-view system is highly undervalued, as in, like, the $5 we pay, or $6, whatever it is anymore. Every month, I'm like, I can't believe this is 5 bucks. And they've, so even, they've even said that the, the 
the platform is great. However, the platform is highly undervalued for how for what it is. Sure. So what is that? What's that going to mean for AEW? Does that mean we're going to see a five ten dollar service that's going to encompass our twelve pay per views, or is it going to be more of a? It's going to be a thirty dollar a month thing. Is it going to be a fifty dollar a month thing? Because if if WWE is admitting that five dollars a month, ten dollars a month is far far too undervalued. Sure. Then they're obviously going to hike the price up two, three times. But at, at the at same minimum. time, okay, what am I getting the the pay per views for free? Am I going to get a pay per view get, a it, month? Yes. Uh, so the, for thirty bucks, how can you complain? Right. If I'm going to get a free pay per view, you know, a pay per view out of thirty dollars, technically, I'd be getting twenty dollars off every every pay per view if you look at it from that way, because they're usually about fifty bucks. Right. So if they're right. happening, I'm going to watch it. But I, personally, personally, uh, unbiased opinion. I really don't want that. I'm okay with the platform system. I'm okay with paying the monthly. I want old AEW episodes. You know, I want it yeah. to be ROH in the sense that I can watch old stuff. Right, the Honor Club. I'll you can go back and that. look at all the seasons. Yeah, that's, that, that's cool. one thing AEW is lacking is they don't have a system yeah. to where you can go back and watch. I'd love episodes. to go watch the first couple episodes of Dynamite. We've never watched them, right. so to pay. 10 15 dollars a month okay i'm into that because i'll be able to watch the pay-per-views through it mm-hmm. you know even 30 dollars okay i'll be able to watch the pay-per-views from it but i don't want wwe sense in AEW because then i feel like dynamite rampage and and collision are just watered down and all the interesting matches only happen at the pay-per-view right that's right. the one thing I hate about the 12 pay-per-views with WWE. Yeah, you get a lot of the fluff in the weekly episodes, and unfortunately that's what you get to watch for four straight weeks. And when you get four straight weeks of fluff leading up to a match that it's like, okay, I'm kind of excited for this, it it takes away from the excitement sometimes. And you and I are, are very prone to that with WWE to where – we get bored with a storyline because they're trying to fluff out two months worth of content right. for a match that's going to cultivate at a pay-per-view. Exactly. Well, they won't even lay their hands on each other because we have to wait for the pay-per-view right. in two weeks. And it's like, oh, this now, is the so only, boring. The only you know? counterpoint I have to that, though, is WWE is really good at doing that. But then at the same point, they make those pay-per-view matches to where you and I have admitted so many times watching these pay-per-views going, I don't know if I'm really excited about this match, to Oh my God! That was that so was much the better most, than that I was thought. the most brilliant match I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, you know usually I mean? it's I can't believe how good that was. It was better than I thought. It, but the but the weekly content is so boring. And I think we've joked about it. It feels like WWE edges it. Like they just they like do. barely get you there, and then they like, like oh, ah. just kidding. Oh, and then they, just kidding. And then after a month or two of it, they finally like. Here you go. It's the full release. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, this is amazing. Like, I really do understand the idea from a business perspective. Be careful. Perspective. This is turning into a whole different podcast. Yeah, this is not that podcast. But, like, really, I can understand it from a business perspective. But as a wrestling fan, like, I want Grand Slam on a Wednesday. Right. Like, I, I think you said something about AEW is blowing their load on these matches. Because sometimes now, it feels because it, is it because Ricky Starks is already having another match with Brian Danielson? Well, I said that in I said that this like as in this week because it just feels like we're just tearing through. You had Chris Statlander took on uh, Jade Cargill and then she took on Britt Baker. Yeah, and you have uh, and again I'm not complaining about Orange Cassidy's run, but you had Orange Cassidy defending his belt you know twice a week. You have John Moxley, you know, doing these. Like almost hardcore matches, like these gimmick matches on a Wednesday night, and and it just feels like sometimes AEW because they don't have the platform of twelve pay per views per week per year mm-hmm. to 
be able to put these on a much bigger stage to give them the spotlight they need to give them the well you know not to put stuff on a plat up on a, on a pedestal but at the same time there's sometimes a, a benefit to putting stuff up on totally, a pedestal. kind totally. of that whole mjf moniker where i'm only going to wrestle when it makes me the most money and I you want to put those matches that, that are going to yeah. make you the most money and i feel like aew falls short sometimes with that that they they don't have a pedestal that's high enough and then when they finally put something up on a pedestal high enough everybody's like yeah but you've given me all these these dream matches and these these you know pay-per-view quality matches on your weekly programming why am i paying 60 dollars to watch something that you would normally put on a weekly but see, show isn't that nice though that you have the opportunity that even if you don't want to pay the pay-per-view money you're still getting a quality show during the week on just regular entertainment for me if i had my way i'd rather watch all the stuff during the week on on regular tv mm-hmm. with the picture in picture than be able to only get really high quality matches once a month at the pay-per-view. I think AEW needs to do what they're doing with their with their pay-per-views, but I think they need to not do 12. Oh, that's just too much. I think doing like anywhere from six to eight. Oh, six to eight's fine. Absolutely. Every month and a half, you have you have six Agreed. weeks in between. It gives you plenty of time to have storyline in between. It gives you enough time that if you wanted to, when you have pay per view A and you have your your go home show after yeah. that pay per view A, you have six weeks to build up a storyline to to get to pay per view B. Exactly, that makes sense. I like that. You know what uh, I mean? I, you know, that's a good blend in between the two. I get it from a business perspective. They want more pay per view buys. Like I totally understand. Of course, understand it makes that. more money. But uh, yeah, I think the streaming platform is a great idea, honestly, on both ends, especially I don't mean to be rude. The way we have to watch it is the Bleacher Report, the pay-per-views. And we've had so oh, yeah. many issues. I don't remember which Bleacher paper. Report. I think it was Forbidden Door. We had so many issues purchasing Forbidden Door. I ended up buying it twice yeah. because I logged into my account and it said I didn't purchase it. And we were getting down to like minutes before it was trying to, it was going to start. I couldn't get a hold. It was the 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 chat lines were completely clogged up, and I ended up buying it again, thinking, okay, it'll show that I purchased it twice. I'll contact them, and you know, I'll get my money back for the second purchase. Never shows up second. It, it just completely deleted my original purchase. And but it I, sure worked in our bank account. It sure worked. Yeah, I, hundred twenty dollars <laughs> later, I, right. I, I you know. But it just we've had numerous it's streaming issues. We've yeah. had numerous, even the platforms hard to hard to navigate. Like the the website is just it's so basic boo boo. Like you right. click on it, and even if you click on, I think if you click on the account and then you go to my profile, it doesn't exist. You have to go to well, my account, and that's your. It's just weird. It's it's such yeah. a for something that that is carrying something that makes so much money and that is producing something of such right. a high quality you think they would have a little bit more of a professional, professional look or per, you know it just looks like it looks like i made it in high school yeah right you know what i mean so i guess that's the nice thing about them streamlining some type of service right. between the two platforms is that essentially you shouldn't be having that right that's the theory <laughs> so pro wrestling illustrated dropped their yearly pwi 500 top wrestlers of the industry and lo and behold we're looking at the cover right now i downloaded the digital copy i'm not stealing it i, I always say go out and support your shit it's like, like three bucks or it something was like three for... or four bucks for the digital copy copy uh it has the top three who it's the shield yeah and we're that... gonna we're gonna go through the top 10 here but yeah it, it is seth rollins roman reigns and john moxley are the top three wrestlers 
in PWI's 500. That's that's awesome. That's insane. That's from, so coming cool. from two people that were literally watched from the conception of the shield. I remember when they came out. Like I, I remember, also remember that. Yeah. Because as as a 16 year old or however old I was when they debuted, like having three big strong meaty dudes coming out in like black paramilitary gear to this like out of the crowd was just like oh boy that hit on every like every single one of mark's little like fantasy wrestler guy yeah from the beginning they used that shield where they they did the the you know sierra hotel indigo echo delta shield it just it's it, it's so good. It was so good, and they were employed by CM Punk, which was another thing that was Very like, I didn't like CM Punk back then. So when he when he brought them out, I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to like these guys. <laughs> so we're gonna go through the top ten. We're not gonna go through all all 500. We're we're gonna try and turn that into a bonus episode maybe later this week. Uh, we're bonus just pot. now. I've looked through the top ten, and I've kind of skimmed the top uh, top hundred or so, uh, but I haven't gone too much further than that. Uh, Jamie has not seen any of it, although I've I know seen you, the cover. The cover says number one, number two, number three. Uh, so we're going to go right into it. Of course, number one is going to be Seth Rollins. He is one the newly, I don't even know, newly made WWE championship. Uh, he has been one of the top performers of WWE. I, I just. They break it all down. What's one one nice thing about the digital copy is they've got a little play button on their picture. You can click on that, and it goes to a, a good match of theirs. Uh, top five moments they've got is he's advanced. Like I said, he won the uh, the World, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, he defeated Finn Balor to retain his championship at Money in the Bank in London. He, oh, that's where uh, John Cena came out and said something about WrestleMania was when they were in London. Uh, ended up beating Logan Paul. He uh, w- uh, won the U.S. Championship for the second time, uh, beating Bobby Lashley at Monday and Monday Night Raw, and he retained his World Heavyweight Championship against former NXT champion Braun Breaker at the NXT Gold Rush special. I, and fanfare and like, oh my God, he's, talk of the town. Like it makes sense for Seth Rollins. He's consistently a great performer. He p- definitely puts asses into seats. Oh yeah, and especially like, now, like he's yeah. he's probably more over sure he now than he's ever shirts. been. Yeah, ever been with whether it's the outfits he comes out with or just the song that people are singing. Like, oh yeah, it's, for it's, sure. It's what Jericho would be at if he was if he was as over in AEW right now as if he was in WWE. Uh, up up next, number two, Roman Reigns, your tribal chief, was one number one last year. Has dropped down to number two. Still can't complain uh, about a, that. A very honorable position. And sure, they, for somebody who doesn't wrestle much. And I, re- I read, <laughs> I read it. They said the only reason that he wasn't number one, even though he's like top dog in the entire industry, yeah. was because he just didn't wrestle that much. Uh, yeah, just wasn't exactly on like TV. I said. Yeah. Um, but again, a, a position well well earned. Of course. Um, again, talk of the town. You put Roman Reigns in there. You say he's going to be there on SmackDown next week. People are going to show up. I, forgot, I get it. I forgot to mention Seth Rollins has also now tied for the most times being number one in PWI's top uh, five. Oh, wh- who did he tie with? I don't know who he tied with, but he is. Hmm, he's, very he is one. He's been number one three times. Wow. Roman Reigns, however, has only been number one twice, and that was once in 2016 and then once last year. Still incredible. I can't complain about that. I know, right? And then you know the guy that's. Keeping AEW together is the glue, the mesh, and everything in between, along the with Chris Jericho. Yeah, the, the gauze pads. The uh, razor blades, too. John Moxley. 
incredible. He was number 12 last year. Right. And was able to come up to number three I, again. Number one in 2020. Interesting. Should we be surprised? No. With everything AEW has been through controversy-wise, he is the one that always comes through. Lately, it's Brian Danielson as well. Again, like I said, Chris Jericho. But John Moxley is definitely a pivotal uh, person in AEW and all of wrestling, really. It, it's funny because they don't even list any of that on the accomplishments that he's done this year wow. uh, of him stepping up as a, as a locker room leader yeah, just and spilling purely in that void on... that needs to be, that's been opened by other performers who didn't right, do their right. right. So just purely on his wrestling, just he was purely able to get on beating three. Kenny Omega, winning the AEW world title from CM Punk. That was incredible. Uh, just, we actually just went back and randomly watched that. Right. Well, actually feels... that's, the, that's the link. If you click on the, uh, the, uh, the play button here, it brings you to that match. Yeah. And do yourself a favor. If you do end up buying this, like click the, click the link and watch the match. It felt like it went by so much faster, like in real life when we watched it. Oh, yeah. It but was when we watched it today, we I was like, like, it was that long? It was about six minutes long. Yeah, I thought it was closer to like four or five. But... It was four or five of wrestling, but they sat there and kind of went uh, eye to eye for about two minutes. Fair. Up next, and I can completely understandably see why, is Gunther, who has had a legendary reign mm-hmm. as the uh, interna- Intercontinental, excuse me, now look, I'm messing up AEW's know, right? championship with WWE, the Intercontinental Championship, the longest reigning uh, champion. Just surpassing Honky Tonk Man last week. Right. For over 400, some uh, 454 days. That's what, uh, yeah, that was Honky Tonk's. Uh, Rain, he's just extended it, so we're up to probably 460. He was uh, number 91 last year. I like, think he's the most incredible. improved on the top 10. He jumped yeah. so many uh, and well-deserved, well-deserved. He I has, love him. I love Imperium. He has brought a lot of honor back to that Intercontinental title. It has looked great on him. His run has been great. He has been... He makes everybody he wrestles look better. Yeah, and it just... He's such a... Like a He's such a good villain. He really is. He's such is. a good villain, and it's so nice because he can back that those claims up of how of just how good he is and how yep. how hard his slaps are. Yeah, and, and how he <laughs> he believes that everybody is a disgrace to the sport because they they don't they don't stack up to his standards. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They don't stack up to the the standards of the intercontinental champion. And I think the the right thing to do with him as soon as we drop this title is give him some time to cool off, get him into, and then get him into the world title photo right. picture. I had completely forgotten about him entering number one in the Royal Rumble this year and finishing the last person. Right. I mean, just that's a incredible. Phenomenal year, absolutely phenomenal year. They have built him up to be one of their next biggest stars. Yeah, and he hasn't been on the roster for that long. It's only been a few years. I mean, he was in NXT UK for a while, and then he came to the the main roster and ended up forming Imperium, and just... It fit. So good. It the crowd so just well. loved it. His, I think the, the the presentation of uh, of Imperium really got them over. Oh, I agree. And then the belt just, just put him above and beyond. Uh-huh. Uh, up wow, next, triple A performer. I know, right? Up next at number five, we have El Hijo del Vikingo. Again, I mean, how can you argue with that? Who has been uh, showcased on AEW, GCW, MLW, uh, every one of the W's. Uh, he's wrestled great matches against Kenny Omega. He's the, I believe he's still the triple A uh, champion. Just one and young, super young. Like, one of the best luchadors that we have in our presence in modern-day wrestling. I know. It's like, what's, what does the future hold for wrestling if these people are the ones that are in, you know, 
able to keep everything going. You have Vikingo, who's super young. You have MJF. There's just so many people that are just going to, like, carry on the next generation of right. wrestling. But, like, what a high standard. He makes it look so easy. Now, the only thing I only criticism I have about him is he just goes so quick and he goes su- with such dangerous moves. He had he is on that path of of having a shorter career, sure, just because of how how much abuse he puts his body. Right, through. the now, performance I, is number one. To he, him. He's very young, so his body is able to rebound from right. all of these things well, a lot. Look quicker. at Darby too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, but it, it, it's something that you won't be able to sustainably do for years. In years for sure. And years. I mean, look at Kenny Omega. He's already described of how much pain his body is in and how right. much therapy, how many injuries he's had to overcome. Even right. In how the many past surgeries. Year, you know, so it takes a toll. So he is one of those individuals that right now he's absolutely killing it. But he really needs to start thinking about his his, his longevity. You absolutely. Know? Uh, but number five, not. What a way to round number it Number eight last year is 42, number 42 the year before and jumped up to uh, there from number 300 in 2020. Uh, wow. Amazing. Speaking of uh, yeah. young talent and MJF, it would only be fair that he's number six. Coming up from number 16 last year, your AEW world champion, probably your one of, scumbag, your scumbag and probably <laughs> one of the again, like another another one of those talents, just like how Vikingo in AAA is is one of the biggest up and coming. I think Maxwell Jacob Friedman is right on that cusp of being the greatest that he is that he has ever been. This oh, whole storyline with him and Adam Cole, even his and physique. now he's got it with Joe. I mean, yeah, he is. Everything is on point with him. His his, his wrestling mic work, moves his are wrestling has been going perfect. good. He just did the promo with the Steiner math the other day. Right. Cut on Joe that Face. was originally cut on Joe back right. in TNA. So he got cut again, and he's facing Joe this upcoming week. I mean. It's just entertaining. I mean, he was the main event for 81,000 people, like we talked mm-hmm. about before. Like, he He's, opened it up at the pre-show, and he ended it. We praised how John Moxley being the top dog in AEW. He beat the top dog in AEW to get that AEW World Championship. I mean... He's better than you. You know it. I'm surprised he's not (laughs) higher than John Moxley, personally. Uh, Yeah, honestly, I think he should be higher than, than Vikingo. Oh, yeah, for I mean, sure. Storyline, talent, main eventing, something so big like that. For sure. But I'm sure they had to put this out a while ago. Ooh. Number seven, Okada. Legendary reign. I mean, look at look at this path to being number seven that they have over here on the, off to the side. He's consistently been in, uh, went from being in 230 in he's, 2010 up he, to number seven this He's year. been in the top three in the past 10 years four times. Number two in 2016, number one in 2017, three in 2018, and then two in 2022. He's dropped back down to seventh. But, I mean, he's consistently in the top 50 ever since 2012. Yeah, and again, it's part of that just up and coming. Not up and coming because he's already passed he's that. He's here. But super young. He's here. Super young. What a, what a talent. Made so many people look good in AEW. Has won the G1 Climax four times. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, the, the wow. number eight, Orange Cassidy. Wow. I, I, I have the rain. I have a lot of reserves about him being at number eight, oh. but I can't. I, I mean, I don't know. Who can argue with that? The rain of WWE, the rain of 2023. He is the tribal. He is the tribal sloth. He has no slogan. The tribal sloth. I, I love him. I, I think he is from 
people just absolutely shitting on Orange Cassidy for the quote unquote gimmick or whatever you want to call it. They didn't get it. Either honestly, Jim Ross didn't get it either. But now Jim Ross is singing the praises of Orange Cassidy. Like it's, it's beyond, beyond miles beyond a gimmick. I think that championship run really showed people what he's yes. capable of. That he's yes. not just a gimmick. That he's, he's not, not just, just an a indie pair of sunglasses with a thumbs up. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, he's not just an indie wrestler. He's a main eventer. He is somebody you would be proud to have the world title strap on. Oh yeah, <laughs> I said strap on. Um, <laughs> it's it just. He, it's so good. Uh, I like. I love. I love his character. I love the idea that they have never strayed away from what Orange Cassidy was since never he have. came in. He's, doesn't he's, matter the criticism. Doesn't matter. He didn't even anything. take a break after losing. He took like like a night off, and now he's back. And him and Hulk are gonna eat. They're gonna eat Doritos and tag. Yeah, like cool. Like let's do it. Like I just I love it. They continue to just re not package him but just introduce him in different ways and he's just so entertaining you so. can't repackage that man there's nothing no. you could do that no. you, there's nothing right now you could do to orange cassidy to repackage him into another character oh no like i know that's not what you meant but just on that tip exactly. like there's there's no way like orange cassidy is forever orange cassidy of it's course. like the rock the rock is forever <laughs> the rock number nine we have impacts josh alexander and although we wow, don't know a lot of uh impact wrestling recently i know that josh alexander has been co- has been like looked as one of the, the impacts top guys i mean it's sure. he's he it was unfortunate he had to step away from the world title uh, due to injury, had to, I believe he had to get some surgery taken care of. Uh, but that's just a, a show to his testament of how how good he's been in Impact. If he's at number nine and he had to drop the title and be away from it for a period of time, yeah, he's just so good at what he does. He any match that I have seen him in, he is impressive. He is quick. He is strong. Uh, Impact is a great. They're, they're, they should be blessed to have him as their as their like lead guy. Oh, absolutely! And again, another friend of Egon. So that's right. They had uh, they had a, 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 a tag team championship gold between them. They the did. Great North. Yes, the Great, the Great North, North was their tag team. Uh, yeah, gr- absolutely great. And the oh. number ten rounding off the top ten. I don't think you couldn't have the top ten right now without Cody Rhodes. Sure, Cody Makes Rhodes is, is is went from being almost a mid carter in AEW. At the end there, Agreed. not any fault of his own, Agreed. to one of the top people in WWE. I mean, I mean, regardless of your feelings about him, regardless of how he has or has not finished his story, I, I don't feel like you can't not disagree. You can't disagree with him being in the top 10 right now. Oh, I really can't. No, absolutely not. It's elevated the program for sure. Uh, he was number seven in 2020, number six in 2022. Uh, not really getting into that top three ranking quite yet, but I mean, it's nothing to laugh at. He's well, been, uh, yeah, you know, he's been in the top 100 for that. almost, you know, since 2008 with the exception of 2016. I, it just, yeah, I, I think there's so much more meat on Cody Rhodes that WWE has yet to bite off. I, I think we're still waiting for the big payoff. Yeah, and I think once it. that happens, then we're going to see the era of Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. but well earned for number 10. But now I finally get to talk about Grand Slam. I know. We talk, we talk a lot about <laughs> the matches, at least. Uh, so far, we have 
uh, John Moxley. Well, you, just like you said, it wouldn't be fair if John Moxley wasn't fighting. Right. Defending his AEW international title against Ray Fenix. We have Soraya, who is fighting Tony Storm for the women's world title. I'm very excited for this match. This one, Me I, too. I Okay, now I, I, everybody knows that I am very critical over Tony Storm. I have not been a fan of her since she's come into AEW. Even prior to AEW, I'm just not a big fan. Like it just, it's me personally. I don't dig her. I hate her finisher. Didn't like it. I have you fallen in love with this girl. <laughs> I, I love this like this distant, dissonant like 50s movie Marilyn Monroe star like black I, and white what I it was great because they didn't uh, Renee did an interview what has changed or what has changed in you and she or I'm sorry I don't RJ know City. RJ City what, what has changed in you now and she goes well I haven't changed I haven't changed a single bit I'm exactly the same everything else is cha- I love it I don't know what she's doing the with this character but it's so good the acting the mannerisms how it's non-stop you know chins up, chin up tits out yep. you know i love it Watch for the it's, shoe. it's bought me it's, <laughs> I've, I've it's got me hook like hook line and sinker it's really good so obviously facing soraya in this championship match having them both be a part of the same tag team it's going to be really really good one thing on that like, i thought was weird on wednesday when she came out she came out to the outs the the, uh, the outcast or the outsiders yeah hopefully music. she'll have new music when she comes out but when wednesday. she when she came out at all in she had her own music and her own video and everything, and I don't, huh. I don't know what happened with that. But obviously, a production issue. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, a singles match between Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, so they can get their differences out of the way and become a tag team. I guess. I'm Best not, of luck, Lisa. Not really sold on that. No. Uh, we also have the AEW World Title match of MJF versus Samoa Joe. It apparently, also was it supposed to be a title versus title match? I thought. That is not that match. There is a title versus title match, though. And that might be, although not going to be the main event, our personal favorite match. This is the one I'm most invested in. Storyline? And coming back to what we were talking about earlier about, about, you know. Putting somebody over. Putting somebody over as you go out of a company. Doing Uh, business with somebody. The ROH World title and the NJPW Strong Openweight title are both up for grabs in a title versus title match. Claudio Castagnoli versus Eddie Kingston. And let me remind you, in New York. New York. The home. Yonkas, right? He's from Yonkas. The home of Eddie (laughs) Kingston. Winner take all. NJPW Strong Openweight title and the ROH World title. I've title. already said this to Mark. Eddie Kingston wins our. Uh, we riot. I don't riot know where we're rioting in our be, in our house. I mean, I guess we're, our coffee table's getting flipped over, uh-huh. so we got to move the nachos. It's Eddie. I, it's Eddie. I, this is going to be is the time. I, it, see, this is in this. Okay, this goes back to what I was talking about. I feel like this is a no brainer for a pay per view. Mm-hmm. I feel like that this Claudio versus Eddie has got so much storyline behind it that it should have been. On a pay-per-view. And I don't understand why we're putting it on a Wednesday night. Am I mad that we're putting it on a Wednesday night? No. I don't care when we get to get this match. But okay. I just feel like unless this match, unless this specific match ends up being a, just a, a build-up for a pay-per-view match, I feel like they dropped the ball a little bit here. I don't know why, but I actually got really excited. I was like, on oh, a I'm Wednesday excited. night? I'm excited like, for it. Don't get Wednesday me wrong. On a Wednesday night? They didn't make us wait for it. So I don't know. Me personally, I 
really enjoyed it because it could have been at Wrestle Dream. Of course, you could have lengthened this. You're out for only a little saying bit that because you're only saying that because you're not going to be here for. I Wrestle won't Dream. be here for Wrestle Dream, so I am really looking forward. You're to You're only Grand saying Slam. that because you won't no, be here for Wrestle Dream. You liar! I really do think it's cool that you can get this high quality of matches like MJF versus Samoa Joe on like literally a Wednesday night. That's crazy to me. Like, oh yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of history between MJF and Samoa Joe with right. him and him a and lot NXT of these people. Yeah, it's it's going to be a real good week. It's it's awesome, and and I I personally don't feel like it's blowing the load. I'm enjoying blowing it. Blowing the load. <laughs> blowing the load on these matches. I'm really enjoying it. On uh, <laughs> so on AEW Rampage, we'll have the second half of Grand Slam. We are going to see a tag team match between Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Darby Allen and Sting. Sting is still going strong. I don't know how many more tables that man's going to go through before he calls it quits. At least one more. We also have an AEW World Trios title match between the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn. And the Dark Order of Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and John Silver. John Silver ended up beating Anthony Bowens on Collision in order to get this opportunity. Also, Ricky Starks pinned Brian Danielson. Collision was nuts. Collision was a... And then you had uh, Charles Manson and... and (laughs) John Goodman from uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, <laughs> they beat the Hardys in tag team action. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, but we're also going to have an ROH yeah, World six-man tag team dig. title match between the Mogul Embassy and uh, the elite of Hangman Page, Adam Mac Jackson, and Nick Jackson. I don't know why I said you that so Adam strange. Matt Jackson? Adam Matt Jackson. Hangman Page, Adam We're coming Matt up Jackson. on an hour here. My mouth is getting numb. <laughs> haven't had enough coffee. Again, like, fantastic. Uh, these matches are just incredible. Just a Friday night. Just a Friday night. Like, And then we have Collision, which we have, what, FTR and the Workhorsemen. Who are they? Banger. Uh, Who are they? <laughs> for Jay the White and Andrade? AW, for the AEW World Tag Team title match, Andrade and Jay White. And then Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks. In a Texas death match. In a Texas death match. Again, a random Saturday. Like, why not? I'm leaving Sunday. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's next Sunday. Exactly. Uh, over on WWE, we've got Monday Night Raw. We'll have, so far, we've got announced Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet, which has been a rivalry kind of brewing for a couple hey, months now. Not to be that guy, though, but I just saw it was a non-title match between Cody Rhodes and, and Dominic. You know what that's going to mean, right? Somebody's going to interfere? No, that means Dominic's going to lose. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason you Dominic's do something gonna like lose that. Even if it wasn't a title, even if it was a title match, I'm it's just Cody saying Rose. you only say it's a non-title match when the when the, the champion's gonna right. lose. Uh, and then on Lame. SmackDown, we have Io Sky for a women's title match against Oscar. Again, we- like that's a pay-per-view quality. A lot match. of people are very upset about that. Because it's not on a pay-per-view, right? I don't care. Like, can we just not all be happy that we're getting like all these fantastic matches? These all these matches we've been talking about the last two minutes or so are happening next week right like this week coming up like for free like come <laughs> well, on guys not, like not technically for free but but you know you're not paying you anything extra than what you normally would it's you just deal with some televised programming like let's all just be thankful as i always say that we're alive during this generation of wrestling i know this is so great good. what else do we have we also have the street profits taking on lwo the other this half time is ray mysterio and santos escobar this is uh the first string Last week yes. was second string. Yes, yes. 
All right, friends, I want to thank you again so much for listening, but I think that's going to do it for us at Coffee and Wrestling this week. If you haven't already followed us on X or Twitter, like I I like to call it, like normal people, Mm -hmm. uh, we are at CAW Wrestling Pod. My personal Twitter account is at A Bacon Party, and you can follow Mark. At Gunk Dudley. Start your week right with a fresh episode of Coffee and Wrestling every Monday morning. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. wider than they were before make sure the microphone's in front of you because i didn't it was like down by my nipples that's gonna be good for the end of this fucking track oh it's recording good Good, it's recording yeah (laughs) we are live hot with hard nipples and this is where i shut up